When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome back to the Dr. Supercoach podcast. You're on once again with Chizo. It is the end of the easiest of buy rounds. Round 13 is in the rearview mirror and the troubled waters are upon us round 14 and round 15 where we've got six teams sitting out each of those rounds. To talk about all the big questions and topics for post round 13, heading to round 14, it is Pistol, my friend. How are you going, champion? Oh, this was the easy buy round and still my players didn't t- want to turn up for it. Um, I was actually looking forward to this round for ages as someone who didn't get like Humphrey and Nevitt and Atkins and all those players that are good that I wanted to get. Um, I was like, <laughs> this is my time to shine. And then I just still fell 250 spots with a, a 2 yep. So my team, which I have continually said is not very good, is is dying a very slow, painful death. And I'm I'm falling like a hundred spots per week, which is just dramatic for no for no real reason. Um, out to two k, nearly on the dot. So we'll see how far I fall in the next two weeks. But I'm, I'm certainly with skating by with eighteen and not a player to spare. I, I can't imagine I'm going to be moving upwards. Chizo, how how are you looking? Uh, well, I had a twenty eighty, which um, I actually thought I was doing okay, and then for some reason I went into Sunday and was like, I'm looking sub twenty one hundred, and I was like, what? <laughs> like uh, I, I did um, VC English into Dawson, which didn't really help. But say I missed out on like 30 points, I'm still barely getting over the 2100. Yeah. Um, I fell to 1500s overall, um, down 400 spots. So I, I basically just scraped the top 1K and then have just started falling back. These injuries and suspensions and just... I'm at a point now where I, don't, I can't decide whether I just blow all my trades and get a premium side as fast as possible, which I can do. I can finish my team in the next round or 
I just sit tight, wait for the cash that is generating the background with the likes of, say, Johnson and Briggs and these guys, maybe make myself an extra 200, 250K and instead of being finished next week, I could be finished in two or three weeks' time and have Oliver instead and whether, you know, he could make up the distance um, of not being in my team for three rounds. So it's a, it's an interesting dynamic to be in because, as always, Pistol, I, I plan for the buys. Um, I've actually got 17 next week before trades this week um, of yeah, legitimately available players. So um, I'm, I'm totally chill when it comes to the buy planning, but it probably impacted me in round 12 and round 13. So I'm hoping um, this week and next week I can, can make up a little bit more ground depending on um, how my premiums will. perform. <laughs> Unfortunately, they all suck. All my premiums (laughs) are sucking. Like I, I I haven't seen that many sub tuds since like the first round when I just had rookies. Yes. Well, look, we've got a big episode to talk about, uh, and we thank our sponsors, Code Sports. So this podcast, as usual, powered by Code Sports. Chiso. Um, Before we jump into it, a couple more housekeeping. Um, Do we have any patron signups, or should we jump into the Cancer Council? Uh, No patron sign-up, so we'll jump over to Cancer Council. Awesome. So, uh, Ben Doyle, thank you for your donation. 10 for Tex. So, uh, obviously referring to Texas 10 goals. Thank you very much. Uh, Thanks for explaining it. (laughs) Damon Erzeg says, donating for dumb things. I was going away for the weekend, so I sent my team on Thursday knowing I wouldn't have time to make changes. Where were you going for the entirety of the weekends that you wouldn't? Bro, people change. have hobbies. People have friends. I, I, They're not just locked up in mean? their basement recording about Supercoach every week. Hobbies? Come on. Fast forward to <laughs> Sunday night when I get off a plane. He was on the plane for like three days. Um, find my <laughs> phone blown up with messages from my mates telling me that I had left Dacos on my bench. Stupid Monday list not getting announced until late and me mindlessly looking for the green ticks. Cheers, lads. Why do they wait? That's that. Your friends should donate. <laughs> I could yeah. donate for something else that starts with D. But, um, yeah, look, they, they probably should have let you know, given I assume they knew you were going away on a plane for three days. So, um, yeah, rough one, but thank you very much for your donation. Yeah, you understand how going away and not having reception works, hey? So he, he arrived back and got all the messages all at once that could have been from the Friday. Potentially, but that's just, I don't understand. Nah, yeah, don't, 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 don't let logic ruin a good story, I understand. <laughs> uh, we've also got some winners for Prize League for the month of May, Pistol. We do. We do have a couple of winners. Uh, all right, so May, uh, first place. Start with number one. Sweep Squad. Zachary, that's uh, Lathaz, 9,987 points. Oh, yeah, make up for it now. Pretend he, you know who he is. He is the number one player of... May, so please reach out to JB for your prize. Uh, second, which was, it was pretty much a two-horse race, G, so they, they smashed everyone else by over 100. Um, the orange team, Vinny, congrats, uh, 9,958 points in second place. The better-looking plunk. The better-looking plunk is what is what is going around uh, behind the scenes. Um, Ankle Bonners, Hayden, 9,842 points in third place. Uh, please, guys, reach out to JB in Slack or on Patreon um, to collect to claim your prizes. And we've got our lucky draw winners. We have the Dream Killers, uh, Coach Michael, and also the Dirty Schneiches. Adam, please reach out to JB for your prizes. I keep saying JB um, because he's 
the ones that has them in his possession to send out. So we've we've given him yeah. a role now. Like he's he's got stuff to do other than talk in Slack. It's cool. <laughs> he's got a lot. He's of got responsibilities and stuff. Got it's a like lot you know when you're allowed too, out yeah. after the street lights are on and stuff like that. And you feel like a big boy. <laughs> you know he's he, he's in charge of handing out merch. I, I feel really proud of him. <laughs> All right, I'm not sure where you're going with that one, but I'll let you. Uh, I'll let you take it away to the next next. Uh, the the final housekeeping that yes, we've got, yeah, yeah, yeah. The the Doctor Supercoach Cup for 2023 kicks off in round 16. Now round 16 begins at the end of June, so you do have to be part of um, Patreon, and uh, it's only going to be 512 entrants. Um, we could have made it um, a thousand person league, but it would have meant using round 15 as round one, which is not what we want to do with so many coaches affected. So uh, from round 16 to round 24, we'll be running the competition. Uh, the first 512 people within our Patreon that follow the instructions and join the group um, will be added into the bracket. Um, and unfortunately, that's just how many spots we've got this year. We filled 512 on the dot last year, Pistol. So I'm fairly confident we can do that again. Um, so if you do want to be part of the cup, make sure to jump on board. I'll be posting the uh, instructions relatively soon. Pistol, we'll jump into some super coach news. Um, I guess the, the, the first thing that we should talk about this week is we probably didn't do a whole lot last week, and the week before in round 12 is not typically a huge downgrade option. And we're facing, we're facing ourselves trying to upgrade our teams in round 14, and we haven't really generated any cash over the last fortnight, and we're looking at basically a barren landscape in terms of downgrade options that we could be looking for this week. Um, do you have any initial thoughts on what you're planning on doing to try and get that cash going? Are you um, are there any rookies that take your fancy uh, downgrading someone? What's your initial plan? My initial plan is to not make any trades. So Okay, so it, it's so barren that you're just like, I, even though I haven't banked cash over the last fortnight, I'm still sitting on my hands hoping something turns <laughs> up. I am hoping something surprises me in the team sheets, but I think it's mostly... The lack of trades is definitely something that worries me. Um, I think what you really want out of a trade this week is to get numbers for next week. I imagine most people are in the boat where round 15 is a tougher buy for them than round 14. So any player you bring in now has the potential to be dropped next week, and that will just wreck me. So. I'd rather not take a gamble and just make sure I get players knowing their names next week. Um, but there are some players that you could get that will, not going to say definitely, but most likely be names like um, West Coast's Marek, who we spoke about um, on last week's pod. He won't be dropped given he kicked almost half their score. I know it was a low score, but he still <laughs> kicked almost half their score. Not a great scorer, but you could probably, I, I feel pretty confident unless there's an injury over the bye, like we saw with the Irish Nick Dacos, who is injured and missing this week. Um, there's you know that random risk, but he's somebody you could use to free up cash, but he doesn't play this week, Chizo, so it's not like super-duper helpful. Um, is there anyone else that you would even slightly consider this week that's, that's rookie-priced? Um, here's a tricky one for you um yep. Steele has now mentioned that he's been carrying some knee soreness and he's confident that he should play this week surprise surprise is injured <laughs> yeah uh, the one thing that we expected him to be and were avoiding him for so long only to get lulled into a false sense of security um if he is out you would think that Bytel's a pretty like for like 
replacement. I'm just making yeah. sure he's not injured. No, Bytel's meant to be available after his second week of concussion this week. So if he comes in, he's usually a pretty good scorer. But it's I like him, but I'm also scared that he's just out the following week. Um, it just depends if Steele is out and they're, they're fibbing to us, you know, how long that potential injury is for. But I like him a lot. So that would be someone I'd probably feel comfortable getting should Steele miss. Um, otherwise, yep. Chizo, we're running dry here. What about? What What about? Uh, he, you're not going to have him for next week, but the two sub games that he played his first two games as uh, Josh Fay yep. has just come off a. I was going to say seventy fifty four after seven and seventeen as two sub impacted games. Uh, if he's named against Frio, he's got defense mid status as well that might be helpful mm-hmm. to kind of move some pieces around to. It, to try and field 18 around 15. Yep. Potentially. Potentially. It's it's getting the I mean, I like him. Don't get me wrong. I just he's just not going to play in round 15. So if that suits yeah. you and you're playing for for league, um he's probably the go-to guy, I think out of all of the options, but he's just not an option for for many people. I mean, you're left mm. like Sturt's not really scoring very well or making money and his potential to be dropped. You have Melikan who wasn't fantastic and is also his place is at risk. I mean, he, he'll probably get the this week, but maybe you, you could take a 20 from him. You could take it. I mean, he doesn't play next week as well, so it's not <laughs> great. You got Harvey Harrison, who I would doesn't be, play this week. He doesn't play this week. I'd be surprised <laughs> if he was dropped, but long term, you know, he's fighting, he's fighting for a spot that I don't think he wins the battle when Steel Sidebottom comes back. I think they do a bit of a rearrange um, and to go as well. So maybe Harrison lasts, you know, two two weeks, which is maybe all you might need him for. Um, Angus Sheldrick, I'm not sure he survives. Parker coming back. And then the lucky last option really here is Devin Robertson last week, Chizo. Scored 84 points and dropped in price to 186. What's his price? 186. So that's because in round two when he was a sub, he scored zero. And in round four, <laughs> when he was a scub, sub, he scored negative one. <laughs> he was a scub, he okay. He was, negative one. So he had a two-game average of negative 0.5 and then <laughs> pops, out, pops out an 84 and drops in price. Look, he's always been a good scorer when he plays full games and he, he smashes it in um, any basically any second-tier league that he's played for in the past and he fought VFL. Um, just a big ball winner, good scorer, but... I think he's on the trade table, Chizo, and I'm not sure they're going to invest a lot of time into him if they don't absolutely need to. And Zorko probably comes in for McCluggage, um, given McCluggage's concussion. So yeah, true, I true. think he might hold. And all you really need from him is two games because he should score pretty well in those games. So he... Is expensive at 186, but if your problems are trades and not cash, he is he better? Cheeso, would you rather take the flyer on him, or would you rather pay 100k more and still grab Fife at 275k? I would be grabbing Fife over Dev Rob. I think you. I think in this scenario, you're either going like way down to like the low hundreds, like a Marrick, for example. Yeah. Um, which I, I think seems to be the obvious choice. I just feel like DevRob is too expensive for his complete lack of job security. Yeah. Like, yes, he's, he's going to score well, but like, 
No, it, it it just seems like a really bad way to invest seventy k, or what eighty five extra thousand dollars that you could put into someone like Marek. Yeah, um, I think you said before the Sydney there was a Sydney um, yes mid season recruit that that did well. You wanted to talk about yeah Jack Buller, the last pick of the mid season draft, kicked five goals four in the game that wasn't a smashing. It was I think eighty to seventy six, so it was a close game. He absolutely tore the VFL apart playing for the Swans team. He, I mean, after a game like that, he firmly has to be on the radar of the the Swans. Team selectors. I don't know what the right word is there, Chizo, but he has to come in contention. I know Amadi was, I think Amadi was an emergency in the end, but so there's like a, a queue of talls, but Swans aren't getting it done really at the moment. They look pretty poor. I think you gotta, you gotta change it up a little, and it might be Buller's time, you know, to shine. Yeah. So he, I, I don't know if he will have amazing scoring potential but if he does get named i might like him more than Marek. He will have worse job security but he is also a big big lad and i imagine we'll get some ruck time 199 centimeters is a chop out ruck and that could lead to a bit more scoring potential so i got my eye on him i'm thinking or hoping that he's going to be named and gets to play this weekend maybe next week and he might be my solution to to my problems yeah yeah um just as a side note, what's your you you watch most of the Sydney home games and you have for the last couple of years since you moved to yeah, Sydney. It's unfortunate. This what's, hap- <laughs> what's happened to them this year? You had, yeah, you had a great time last year. Yeah, last year it was fun. They were exciting, moved the ball really quickly. And this year they are struggling a lot. I think I mean it's it's been one of my hottest takes the last couple of years. I don't think I don't like saying this out loud because I get I get a lot of uh, um, opposing opinions on this. I don't think Horse is that good of a coach, Jizo. Um, I don't think <laughs> he doesn't. I have to whisper that into the microphone. He he doesn't react. That is ridiculous. If you think that you haven't said that on the podcast at least a dozen times over the last eight years, <laughs> he just he doesn't react very quickly to changes in the game. Whether it's like actually in the game, where you know you see like. Obviously, as a congressman, I'm going to use McRae as an example because it's amazing. But like Fly will make <laughs> changes when something's not working. He'll be like, on yeah, the fly. Yeah, on the fly. Very good. He, he, he'll do things where you adjust and you're like, well, at least he's doing something. Like at least he's trying yeah. to figure it out. I feel like Horse takes at least three and a half quarters to make one change. And I'm like, yeah. well. Or just stubbornly sticks with there. something. And, and even when Mills got that interview, he was like, oh, yeah, like when the going's tough, like I, I put myself back. I'm like, okay. So this, <laughs> that's, that's, I guess you've got that, I guess, responsibility as a leader on the field to, to go and do that. But I'd like there to be more, I guess, um, just more a little bit in the coaching. And like, things were not working against Saints. They just played the same way for the entire game and then lost. And I'm like, okay, well, not really sure what they expected. But, yeah, skills, they should be a highly skilled team and it's not quite working. Um, The game's moved forward in a way in which it's very um, fast-paced, you know, scramble the ball forward at all costs. And Swans have a really good list for that. But, unfortunately, some of their forward line players, without naming names, are old school uh, forwards and that maybe not as mobile as they used to be and it makes this game plan suffer, really. 
Um, I think it's I think it's yeah time to to swap around some key cogs of that that forward line and when Mills comes back, getting some extra uh, people in that I guess con- good ball winners in that contest. I mean they were really missing Parker. Um, I think uh, that might that might change things around for the Swans. Yeah, cool. All right, little uh, a little bit of a. Um, I feel like you were delaying thing. for like to try and see what happens with Sicily. It's <laughs> just like it's <coughs> <laughs> just been delivered. Festival. <coughs> well, let's move on to the next talking topic. We've talked about there's not many downgrade options in terms of rookies. What about some underpriced potential premiums? We have touched on keys. Last week, um, he's gone up in price after another decent, although not totally the role that we wanted him to have. Um, is there anyone kind of shouting your name after some news that's come out this week? Well, did question. you want to? Did you want to talk about keys more? I, I mean, not particularly. Like, um, I think we saw exactly what we expected that his percentage of CBAs that he's going to get week in week out is going to change. Yeah, um, he. Yeah, he's he he's going to be fighting with the likes of Laird, Dawson. Um, so they've been using Sloan this year, Saligo. Um, who else has Ped- been through there? Peddler's the key because he keeps getting more. Peddler's more been in there the last five weeks. Every week he's getting more CBAs. Yeah. So what's Peddler gone? Hold on. So he's got 19, 25, 26, 22, 29. So he's got a pretty consistent role. Uh, and Keys has gone zero, three, fifteen, seventy, seventy-five, fifty-five. So. Um, that's the part that scares me. And like if you if we go if we back it up a bit, he's gone 46, 6, 0, 63, 0, 3, 15, 70, 75. Like I, I just envisage a three run game where he goes but less than ten in every game. It's it's hard because it's hard not to be results oriented, right? Because West Coast are a easy kill, really, at this point of the season. And yep. he was pretty much always going to score well against them. So it's hard not to get the wrong lesson from it. Um, 55% CBAs is probably... Which is good. The, the role is good, but it's not what it was the, the previous fortnight. Yeah, that's right. It, it wasn't the 70 70% so you think he can maybe average 100. 55%, that's, that's Walsh territory. See, mm. he doesn't need to be as good as Walsh, but, I mean, he's clearly not as good as Walsh, but... It, is he going to average 90 in that? Maybe. And now you're paying 415k for him. And even at yeah, 370, so I'm not sure it's the 100% right move either. Um, it just feels very risky to me. Um, I think I like the role more of Himmelberg, Chizo, 374k. Yep. But yep. he has the buy next week and Taylor will come back into that side. So they're going to get some defensive cogs back. Um, and that will show us exactly what role he will have when they're fully fit, and that's kind of what I need to see. I don't like jumping on this week. One, because he's got the bye the following week. Yeah, yeah. And two, we're just not 100% sure on exactly. I know he, he'll play. They pretty much said he's going to play as a defender, but there's very there's a variety of roles as a defender. You can play loose at the back of the pack. You can play lockdown. You can play intercepts, you know. I, I just want to see exactly what it's going to be if he's going to get majority of kickouts and all that jazz first. I think he could be a fantastic, I guess, if you're desperate, 22nd primo or, or even better, 23rd primo option to loop with someone like Sheasel if you still have him. Um, he could be one to get picking up after his buy. Yeah. 
I say and... I say the right. I, I said the results oriented thing, Chizo, because it's important to I guess look at last week um, and reflect a little bit about Jay Z and Chizel, um in that Jay Z's role. I mean, so as I was saying on the previous podcast, like small sample size, the role was pretty good. Did not expect him to take every single kick out basically this week, given he didn't take kickouts the previous week. Took two of them, put one on the full. That was unexpected. Maybe the small ground size at Tasmania had something to do with it, but um, at the end of the day, both Sheezel and Jay-Z both looked good. (laughs) Their roles were both decent. And technically, if you weren't going to be copping donuts, which I think is the reason most of us wanted to trade one of them out, was we're worried about copping donuts next week. I know that's the big reason why I had to move one of them is that in a perfect world, we wouldn't have actually had to move either. Yeah. Um, So I guess just some learnings for for next season if it just lines up differently with the buys. Well, let me ask you this, and I think it's important to be critical of our own own thought processes as well. Do you think that as a collective we jumped at shadows last week regarding Jay-Z's role because... It became a little bit of an echo chamber of God. He's been he's he's had three poor scores, but his role has only really been bad for like for definitely one, maybe two. Yeah, games. So it's like I, I'm. I, I feel like we got ahead of ourselves, and and because we already needed an excuse, we wanted an excuse to get rid of him in terms of the round fifteen buy. Like if oh, if I didn't have Sheezal or Jay Z. Mm-hmm. It would make that buy a lot easier. Yeah. And so we confirmation biased ourselves into thinking like one week's worth of data versus the 11 that came before it where everything was totally fine regardless of the score was like, okay, his role's changed. Hall has changed everything. We need to get Jay-Z out as soon as possible or she's out as soon as possible. Um, and then his role, like to, to talk about his kick-ins over the last five weeks, for example – he had nine, nine, six, six, two, nine. And the one where he had two kick-ins, it was like, oh, his role is so bad now. We need to get rid of him. And I just feel personally like in hindsight, I could have definitely kept both him and Sheasel because I, I've planned for my buyers quite well. But getting rid of one of them definitely made it better. Like I yeah. was going to have an extra premium as opposed to that being a rookie covering his score. Um and I probably could have sat on him rather than sidewaysing a premium. And I definitely sidewaysed him to a much worse option because I was only looking at round 12 options because I didn't have anyone. I couldn't pick around 14, obviously 15 or round 13 because it was the buy. So I'm choosing between Ryan, Sinclair and Lloyd. And the only one I could straight trade to was Lloyd. And so I picked up Lloyd as he'd become a winger. Yeah, so he did like, play on the wing. Like he scored it, like 50 and, points when Blakey went off. Yeah, so overall, I have to put my hand up and say that that was a a bad choice on my part, and probably got a little bit of tunnel vision in making sure that I had the best side coming into round fifteen. Because I know the way that I'm afraid, I'm kind of viewing round fifteen is it's my biggest option this year to make the most ground in one week, yeah, rather than chipping away a hundred points here and there. I could the way that I've structured it could make up like 300 points in a round because I'm going to have like 22 available. Um, and a lot of them are going to be premiums. But 
yeah, I, I think I need to put my hand up and say that I probably fell felt myself jumping at shadows in 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 retrospect to that. What what would you say? Yeah, it's a very interesting point. I mean, from my personal perspective, which is obviously different than everyone else's have their own individual perspective on it. But I like came into the podcast like obviously not wanting to trade Jay Z. That's why I was arguing with JB about holding Jay Z versus holding Sheasel and I was like pretty pro trading Sheasel. And then throughout the week you start thinking, oh, you know, that extra 50K that you can get over over trading Sheezel, that's that sounds pretty good to me. And then, you, as you said, you start coming up with all these reasons. You're like, well, there's that 50K and then it makes my buy easier. Um, but it's not all confirmation bias because I'm, I'm going to Copper Donut next week pretty much anyway, like regardless, I'm going to get 17 players. So it would have been 16 if I had... Jay-Z. So that part's true regardless. Like that's not a bias. I genuinely was going to cop a zero. So it does benefit me to trade him. And I was deciding between Jay-Z and Sheasel. And I, I had traded out Sheasel for the whole week until Johnson scored really well. And then I thought, you know what, I might have. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. The cash gen to get Oliver here, but I need, I'm going to need an extra 50K and then I made the switch. But yeah, it was, I think I would have done it anyway and traded to Jay-Z because everything I saw online everywhere was basically trade Jay-Z, trade Jay-Z, trade Jay-Z. And I, I think I just yeah. wouldn't have done it like, as much as I held firm until like the Saturday, I think I, in my back of my mind, I was just like a minute before the game, no matter what, I was I was going to swap them around. Um, yeah. And I wasn't going to be able to hold through with it, even though my gut was telling me, um, you know, hold Jay-Z. Um, which is ironic because I did hold him in Dream Team, <laughs> which is doing way better um, than my super coach. But it's interesting just to see... I guess it was. it's really hard to hold out when every, I guess, pretty much everywhere online and podcasts and everything is saying to trade him. It's pretty yeah. hard to go against the crowd um, in that time. But again, I think it's not just me in the boat where you genuinely would have copped a donut if you hadn't traded one of them. Like I know you're in a pretty interesting situation where you could have held both. I don't think that's the norm. I think most people legitimately needed to trade one of them or they would have copped a donut and then it was yeah. just they just thought okay well you get 50k more and it's it's as much as that and to be completely fair to Sheezel his role was pretty good too you know he was playing behind mm. the ball very often in like a link up role 
not kind of not the role I expected him to have, but the the kid can just score. So I don't think anyone's upset really with trading one of them because both of the one you held scored well and looked good because they both looked good. I think the only people that are upset about it really are ones that could have got through the whole buyers while holding both of them. But I, I just don't think there was many people in that situation. And they're the ones, yeah. I guess, it, that one's, they're the ones you probably, ref, there's not many of them, um, probably need to reflect and be like, okay, like that maybe this is a lesson learned this particular yeah. time that the advice that we hear online isn't a, you know, one advice fits all sorts of situation and that when we say it's team dependent it's truly truly team dependent you know advice and you need to genuinely think if that applies to you like a little bit harder um because it's very hard to differentiate advice on a podcast like it's just appealing to to the masses but um everyone's teams are so different at this point yeah i think i probably got caught up with um the rush of just charging towards the top 1K. Like I was I was one premium ahead, I was one premium ahead and I just saw it as like a, a perfect opportunity to have an extra premium than I otherwise would have for my plan for round yeah. 15. It's like I was just, I was so tunnel vision on 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 that that I, I had no intention of, of trading Jack Siebel until I caught the the talk about him in online circles and in Slack and the pod and everything like that. I just... I had absolutely no dramas with it. Like I was just going to hold him. And then when I saw the benefit of like not having another round 15 there and like, yeah, I just, in hindsight, I need to put my hand up and say that that was a bad choice on, on my behalf. So, I mean, you probably uh, saw that I'm copying a donut, for example, no matter what, and you're sitting there yeah. thinking, hey, I'm going to have an extra premium that round. I'm going to absolutely fly exactly. up in ranks. And that's probably so, pretty appealing. Yeah, so I... I I planned to have 15 premiums that round. I would have gone up to 16, which is, would have been huge compared to players like that have only got 15 or 16 playing. So, um, yeah, like it was. De- I, I I just put it down to tunnel vision, tunnel vision, and just and looking at the upside and not analysing it properly. Um, Definitely interesting. But, yeah, one of the players that we have been looking for over the last couple of weeks as he uh, comes back from a bit of an injury is Darcy Cameron. Um, second game in a row where he's had a good role, played really well, um, probably left some points on the table as well. Um, he got stuck on the bench for a period of time. And I've seen what I need to to pass the eye test to be my F6 cover for yeah. the remainder of the year. Absolutely. I got him for Jay-Z, but it was his, you know, he looked very good. It's a hard matchup against Gorn and Grundy and he held his own. The role was good and that's the most important thing. Um, he was getting, you know, the majority of the ruck time. And to be honest, he he got a head knock and was bleeding. So he got, you know, stuck on the bench with the blood rule. And then in the final, you know, two minutes when Collingwood was dominant in the middle with huge scaling on the line, he goes off for the blood rule again. So he's stuck <laughs> on the bench for the rest of the game and he misses out on this, you know, massive opportunity to be in the thick of it when the game's on the line and just mm. who knows i mean not saying Collingwood would have won the game but cameron could have got an extra 10 points and you know thick heavy scaling at the end of the game who knows yeah just like a dragon <laughs> heavy scaling uh, if we're looking at the the opening start to the don't laugh at that didn't worth it uh, <laughs> it's pretty uh, funny. Uh, <laughs> the, the first two rounds of the year where they <laughs> came in with the plan that fly wants them to have 
It was a 70-30 split average over the first two weeks, right? Yeah. And then over the last two weeks since he's come back from injury, I mean, round 11 against the Pies, it's the, we can include that if you want, but it doesn't help with my numbers. Uh, the last two weeks are exactly 70% as well. So I feel like the split that Cox and Cameron are going to have going forward, he's going to be a 70% um, ruck contest type player. And... You know, the, the, this is the type of output that we should be expecting. It's something that I've said um, a few times over the course of the year that I don't expect him to be that three figures, you know, 100, 105 type forward that we have in other options um, in our forward line, sort of like, a, I guess, a Goulden or a Rosie or something like that. He's going to be a 95, high 90s type player, in my opinion, with the upside um, of having really good games when Collingwood go on a run as well. It's also important in, important to mention that um, he's going to score well playing for the Pies if they're getting slightly more of the pie as well. Um, so, Jordan Ngoi comes back. <laughs> it was. Yep. Um, unintentional. But, you know, they get Jordan Ngoi back into the, the, the midfield. He's going to be getting – he's he's had a, a, a great year as a midfielder so far as well. So I still see some some definite upside there for him. Um it's the but DPP it, it, for me. Yeah, exactly. Like uh, I don't think – like we've had a few questions, particularly in uh, our hashtag podcast questions, Pistol, that's like I've got English and Marshall and Briggs. Uh, like if I can finish my team and I can just keep Briggs at R3, do I even bother with Darcy Cameron? I think that's a fair point. Yeah, it is a fair point. But Cameron gives you that loopholing ability to loophole your F6, which could be Sheasel, for example, which I think, or, yep. or Will Day via DPP, you know, swapping if you have another player, or a Himmelberg um, potentially to do, you know, swapping around. I think yep. um, I think he's a good option. I'm a little bit higher on him than you just in terms of average. I think he can go 100 flat. Um, but it's that trades are running low and being able to cover my ruck sounds really good and especially when some people not me have good bench cover <laughs> with like you know Wardlaw or Fife or uh, even Johnson's actually coming really good when you've got those guys if you've got this DPP swing from Darcy Cameron and you can you know basically throw players anywhere using the DPP and cover um, any injury you know across any line with your cover um, teams will just I feel like it will be they're a lot more fortified from potential donuts later in the season. So I, I still like him for that DPP. But if you are, there is a case just holding Briggs and not needing to do the extra trade if you're flush with cover on your other lines anyway. Yeah. Um, I'll ask another question that kind of ties in with this. This is going to be the first year in history for Supercoach for me or any any limited trade format. Um, and I realize we have more trades, so it's it's not exactly like for like. <laughs> but I, I've never had 23 premiums, and I'll come out of the buys with 23. So I'm never really going to have – never. I've, I've Even had in that absolute, year you came eighth? No, nah, I've had absolute spuds on my bench forever. Like, I, like to put it in perspective, I don't think I've had someone with the quality of um, Mitchell or even Atkins on my bench covering if – if something happened, like the the year that I went well, I literally had no bench cover for like the last the defensive bench cover for like the last six weeks. Wow! Like for example, um, so the the point you raise, uh, Re Briggs and and Cameron and being out of loop is actually a really good point because Sheasel is going to be my twenty third. That's covering obviously defensive forward, but um, 
when you have a uh, sorry, a, a, like a ruck injury, for example, and you think Darcy Cameron covers, you're not actually bringing like he is covering your forward line, your 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 ruck line, but he's not like you're not bringing in a spud to to cover Cameron, so you're still bringing that that extra um, premium on. And so that loophole statement that you made about constantly being out of use, like if you if you don't need Sheasel that week, a, a, a Sheasel and Cameron loophole scenario is something that like I hadn't actually really anticipated until you pointed it out. I was more just like, hey, I've got a 23rd. I might just put him on the bench somewhere. But that's actually a really good point. It makes me feel even more comfortable having like being more comfortable that I think that Cameron's a, a mid to high 90s than he is 100. Yeah. I mean, that lets you cover every position on the field, essentially, if you've got yeah. that forward mid. Well, I mean, as long as you've got that, some DPPs across every line. Cameron yeah. essentially covers, can help, um, well, along with whichever bench cover you have, you can cover every position on the field. So, yeah, yeah, yeah I, think it's, I think it's a very valuable trade. Um, but it's interesting this year, Chizo, that feels like the first year that I can remember in a long time that people seemingly have more cash like available than trades. Yeah. Like trades yeah. is a limiting factor, not cash. Yeah. Like, not for me. <laughs> I'm the opposite, <laughs> of course, because I've had no cash for the entire season. But people seemingly just, they can't cash out. Like they're, they're just going to yeah. have good options on their bench because they don't have the trades to get rid of them. Yeah. I'm the same. I've got 14. Uh, so 2021, I finished with 14 mil as my finishing balance i'm at 14 mil right now and i'm i'm still like upgrading my team like there's every chance i could be like 14 and a half somewhere near 15 mil by the time i'm finished like it's just inflation um, it's, yeah <laughs> it's just inflation um i i genu- i genuinely am in a scenario now where i could finish my team in two weeks or i could wait say until round 18 and all my upgrades are bringing in like olivers for example like do I like I mentioned before, like the the we had that kind of lull between like kind of eight and ten where we didn't have any like amazing rookies sort of that we jumped on, or if you missed someone like a Weddle, um you really kind of missed the boat in making some some extra cash. I know you missed like like the likes of Atkins or something as well, Pistol. So My team value um, cheese was thirteen point three mil. So yeah, so it's that, put in perspective, I, I, <laughs> I, I can afford a whole Oliver in there just by having picked <laughs> up a couple of the the rookies that at the time were like fifty fifty. Like at the time, like no one really thought they were going to make much money. They made so like, much money, all of these guys. Yeah, like, and like them. if you miss Briggs, for example, like oh he's a two gamer, like he he probably doesn't have the greatest job security, and he's just gone like. Ton, 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 and he's going to be like bordering 500k if we keep him for another game after the buy. Like it's, it's sort of crazy. And so with all that cash sitting there, I feel almost obliged to just make no trades for a couple of weeks. So like my final upgrades, instead of being like a Walsh at M8, I can just save up and bring Oliver in. What's it? What are your thoughts on that whole dynamic in in terms of people like me that do have the like of like I, I've got. Um, Weddle, Atkins, Johnson, Chincotta, Briggs, Ford, Mitchell. Yeah, that's still that's a still lot of to cash. cash in. A lot of cash. Like that that that's eight potential cash cashing in. I've got eight trades remaining, so it's like I am literally not going to have the trades to turn all these guys and and make my team as good as it could be. Yeah, it's fascinating. I mean, that's you're going to be left with someone good as as cover, but in that case, again, team dependent. But I like to. 
delay at this stage by a week yeah. sometimes, but especially given there's an extra round this year after the buys, I think if you can get a better player, um, you know, we still have nine weeks after the buys. That's that's a long time. If you can get an extra player, you know, one less round where your players get injured where you might need it, if, if it helps you save a trade, especially by just waiting a bit longer so you don't have to like scramble and do a downgrade. Um, I think that's better. I think there's a lot of people that are doing like Roberts to Marrick for like 40K. And I, I just think yeah. you're probably getting 30, 40 points. And I, at this stage of the season, I just don't necessarily think that's worth a trade. Like I, yeah. I'd rather use that trade if I, you know, as I said, like wait a week and get an Oliver instead of a Walsh. Like you, you'll make back 20 points a week rather than, you know, 40 points for Marrick and, you know, for next week. I just think yeah. you've got to be really careful with how you utilize your your last couple of trades. But I, I would, in your situation or anyone's situation, have a lot of cash. I don't, I would, I'm not saying delay to like round 18. Um, that, that's too, way too long. But there's a balance. And you yeah. don't, it's the race to the buyers and getting all the premiums in. That's when the, like the buyers is the, the time where it's like the great equalizer. Um, anything really happens during these buy rounds. And it's only best 18. So you only need to have 18 plus premiums technically. Um, mm. through these buys and most people will be up to 19 or 20 um, and that's every, you, you know you won't lose many ranks like the scoring is much more bunched up um, as long as you're coming out of the buys with a full premium side so you can you can you can just wait you know two weeks maybe even round 16 um, Chizo and then yeah and then steamroll steamroll all, all the way home with better premiums I think that's probably the plan this year and I think There'll be a lot of people that get Himmelberg going mm. if the role looks good and then having him as a 23rd premium and loop holding him every week with Shiz or Darcy Cameron. And they're the teams that are going to fly towards the end yeah. of the year. It's not going to be me, but they're the teams that will do <laughs> You've really been saying well that a lot this podcast. It's hey, I've got two quick ones before we get into the Sicily news that's coming out. Oh, um, yeah, so... Fife, briefly, I think people are asking about whether he's still value. I think I would just wait a week and look at Himmelberg if I could. I think so, but Fife plays through the buys and he scored really well. If you need yeah. somebody that's like, if you're going to get cop donut this week or donut next week, I think Fife is pretty good cover for the rest of the season as well. It's just injury prone. Yeah. That's, a, yeah. that's a shame. Just make sure you, make sure you can get him off field. Yes, for, for, for goodness sake, like for, for very, very clear reasons. He's your, like 23rd or 24th, he's yeah. not you're starting 22. Uh, Taron Thomas has averaged 100 since he's come back as a uh, predominantly midfield role as opposed to the halfback that we've seen in previous years. What are your thoughts on him at just under 300? Look, it looks really good, um, but he's got the bye coming up and LDU hasn't played and Simkin was out. I think there's just too many yep. unknown variables. Wardlaw was... Clearly unbelievable because everyone's been speaking about all week, and he just you can't pull him out of the midfield. You're going to let him develop nah. in there, so it's going to be LDU, Simkin, Wardlaw in the midfield. I think Taron Thomas takes a step back from yep. his midfield time. It's probably fourth, fifth, sixth one in. Will Phillips will get in there too, so it's a it's a pass uh, from me. I think. Cool. All right. So we do have uh, news that Sicily has been banned for three weeks. Oh, okay. Um, not sure if the Hawks have announced whether they're going to be appealing or whatnot. I have not read the uh, 
the the rationale behind it or anything like that. But Sicily is now 649k. It's a lot. Deadwood on our bench for four consecutive weeks. Um, I know we've just talked about kind of sticking fat and like probably not going hardcore with our trades and stuff like that, Pistol. But typically a four-week injury or a four-week suspension is is ordinarily um, an auto trade. Yeah. But you've now got – I suppose we're, we're – another mitigating factor is like round 15, like he's someone that we expected to, you know, in your case, get us to 16 or 17 playing players, which is now, you know, dropping that to 15 or 16, which – I think in those situations, your hands are tied. Um, yeah. do, do you have any initial thoughts now that we know that he's he's been banned? Yeah. In an ideal world that I think many people are in that I'm not in, uh, I'll say it again, Chizo for you. The Sicily, This is how I would see Sicily working. If you're going to go through the next two weeks and you're going to cop donuts this week and potentially next week, well, if, if you're going to cop more than one donut, it is a definite trade. I think if you cop... Just next week, a singular donut, you can be on the fence whether it's a trade or not, and I'll explain why and what conditions that will be. And if you're not going to cop any donuts, you're kind of in a similar boat as the previous one, and I'll explain further why. Um, and I guess they're the, the main options. And the explanation, Chizo, is if you have the extra cash, so you're not trade limited, but you're cash... Sorry, yeah, you're trade limited, but not cash limited... I would be using the extra trade instead of downgrading Sicily to somebody. I would be using that trade at the end of round 15 and bringing in somebody such as Himmelberg and getting them as my 23rd premium and then using them on field as my 23rd premium until Sicily's back. And that's how I would navigate it. And if you have the cash to do that and not cop any donuts, do that option, I think, because Sicily's just, since Blanc's come into the side, he's just, Sicily's scoring is out of this world good. Ridiculous, it's yeah. Basically it's basically like 140. In the yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's um, incredibly good. And then if you only have, if you're copying one donut, I think Sicily can make up the points over pretty much any other trade-in. Um, yeah. As long as you can get that premium cover. I think... Where it becomes dicey is if you have someone like Fife as your cover. I don't yeah. know if Fife will score enough points for it to be worth holding Sicily. I think in that case, you probably err towards that's that's when you would probably trade. Yeah. So we've just briefly touched on like in the in the previous segment, Sicily. Uh, sorry, that we a lot of us are going to have like twenty three genuine premiums in our team. Yeah, and I was discussing having Sheasel and Darcy Cameron like looping and stuff like that. Um, you were there for that. I don't have to remind you. Uh, <laughs> but in, in basically, if I'm picking up what you're putting down, is you're saying that someone in my situation could keep Sicily. Yeah, because he's just going to be the twenty third sitting on the bench anyway. By the yep. time I finish my team for a couple of weeks, I think if you are, I, I think if you're cash rich. I think that's the play that I would do because otherwise you're trading Sicily. It's costing you an extra trade. I mean, it might not cost you an extra run because you could be downgrading to someone worse and freeing up 120K, which is a trade you didn't need to do to downgrade one of your rookies. And I can understand all that. But I think if you're getting the best, highest scoring potential team on paper, then it will would cost you an extra trade. So 
Yes, in your situation, I think you just upgrade around it because you basically get the best player in the game back in four weeks' time. But if you're copying the donuts and you're not in the situation to get premium cover by the end of the buys, and that's the key thing. I'm not talking about getting Himmelberg in round 17. I'm talking about getting Himmelberg at the conclusion of round 15 so that you've got your cover and now you're not copying the donuts. Yeah, because um, we can sort of like make do without him over the during the buy rounds is because it's best 18. Yes, and as soon as it becomes not best 18, you you pretty much want to have 21 or 22 premiums. Like you'll be behind yeah. the eight ball if you have 21 premiums. Yeah. So you're desperately targeting that. Um, and Chizo, if you do trade him, what's the what's your... I guess there's, there's again, it's no team specific, but if you... If you have all eight premium midfielders already, is it worth trading Sicily to a defender? So we're not picking... So it's round 12 or round 13 defenders that you can pick from. Yeah. That basically leaves us with Stewart or Sinclair. Yep. In that order. And then yes. after that, you've sort of got maybe Luke Ryan, who's fallen off the face of a cliff, and and become an eighty-five average defender out of nowhere. Yeah, it's the new um, game style, it's which fun. which has also corresponded with Frio being good again. So yep. at, literally, as you as you used to mention, you were saying that like he's benefiting from Frio's game style being pretty poor. Um, so the the argument would be that he's not going to have an uptick. So I don't really want to buy into Luke Ryan. Yep. And then what's after Luke Ryan? Jake Lloyd, who's now a winger and relying on people getting decapitated to get his, <laughs> his seagull rollback. So um, there's, I'd, I'd almost make the argument that get Stewart if you don't have him. And if you don't have Stewart, you can kind of see an argument for Sinclair. But at his price, I'd probably be looking at a midfielder for, for that sort of money. If Steele is out, Sinclair is probably going to get more midfield time, which is a disaster as well. So yeah. if you have both of them like me, it's just uh, is Sinclair actually like terrible as a midfielder? Like, is he's he's not good. Is it, he's, as not, in, okay. he's fine for the team, but he's not good for super coach. Yeah. It's, oh, he scored well because he only had twenty eight percent this week. Yeah, and the more that he gets, generally the worse he scores. So yeah, sure. I think it's just not. There's no defenders that are worth it. You're only getting value out of it. Well, not even value, but you're getting. Uh, the points value out of it by trading to somebody like Sarong or Brayshaw or Neil. They're the only like three guys. And if you have all three, it's not even worth trading to like an Anderson or, or anything like that. There's not even forwards. I mean, assumingly, everyone has Dunkley. There's no one that's really good value to get. Like Jeremy Cameron, you're not getting the points out of it. Um, it's just unfortunate. In that case, if you can get away, hold one more week and you could trade him to Oliver potentially. I think that's another good play um, and it might open up some other options like a Darcy Cameron as we were talking about before um, and definitely opens up some backline options as well that you might not have. But yeah, dire. It's pretty a dire situation for, for Sicily owners, which, uh, which mm. is many people. Yeah, it's not good. No. It's not good. Hawthorne got pumped without him the other week as well, so... I'm um, not looking forward to having to sit through those uh, Hawthorne matches with my wife over the next couple of weeks. 
Uh, who play? Who, who they play in round fifteen? They play the Suns. Oh, so they, there's not even a captaincy option we can jump on. Maybe Matty Ralph for whoever's got him. <laughs> Carlton the week after that, like like we don't I even got have Walsh. captaincy I got options. <laughs> and, oh, then we got GWS. We might actually see three figures from Tom Green for the first time in sixty months. Yeah, um, yeah, uh, interesting. I, 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 it throws a cat amongst the pigeons for Sicily for me, so I'm going to have to have a, another think about it. But it, it, it makes me a little bit more happy that I got rid of Jay Z because, um, <laughs> yeah, because you would have uh, probably uh, copped a donut having two premiums I out. <laughs> I would have, I would have, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't have copped a donut. Like with Sicily out, that leaves me with sixteen playing genuine playing next week before trades this week. So um, it's pretty easy coverage with, with two weeks to, to prepare for it. So or up to six trades, for example. So, um, yeah, interesting. Pistol, that pretty much wraps up the podcast, mate. Just want to say thanks for sitting down and talking round 13 and uh, going through all the Sicily news and the, the permutations there as well. Guys, thanks for listening wherever you are listening, whether you're listening on the way to work in the car or you're sitting like AK in the back of a boat on the way to Hawaii. We appreciate our fans all the way around the globe. Guys, if you want to find us on Twitter, you can find the main page at at Dr. Underscore SC. At Chizo underscore DRSC is where you'll find me. At Pistol underscore DRSC for Pistol and at JB underscore DRSC for JB, the, uh, the, the great man himself. Um, you can also support us by jumping over to the merch store, picking up some threads, checking out the YouTube channel. There's videos coming up every week. It's mostly uh, JB's awesome uh, content for his captaincy stuff. You can check out our articles on code that come out every week in the midweek as well. We're looking for one tomorrow as well. And basically anything else that you want to check out that's part of us, you'll find the links in the show notes as well. So thanks, guys. We'll catch you all in the next episode of the Dr. Supercoach podcast. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 